But if you don't really feel that same passion and maybe you really like using dumbbells and dynaballs and medicine balls and bands, then use that shit. Just educate yourself and, and learn how to be the best at using that that piece of equipment. And then you can you can take it home and you can use it in your training sessions and it's going to make you – that's what's going to separate you from you know the lower-level coaches. That's what's going to make you an elite-level coach. So let's uh, let's let's talk kettlebells, man. I've been watching. Uh, now that you're back on the podcast, actually, let's start with that again because uh, you've been gone a while, man. Have you missed the show? Have I on it? But I never listened to it. I think that you know nothing's nothing's changed. Um, I do miss being on it though. It's you know it's it's like life gets crazy sometimes and like our schedules aren't able to uh necessarily match up all the time um you know you live way down there in uh in egypt and you know i li- i live way up here in uh heaven somewhere <laughs> so you know it's you know the two the two worlds just uh no but seriously like uh i i really do like i, I mean i enjoy i enjoy this so much so it's hard not to uh to make the the necessary time for it, um, you know, on a consistent basis. But, you know, as, as we've talked about in person and, and off, uh, off the mics that, um, you know, we got to figure out some sort, sort sort of schedule. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of continuing education and, um, man, like at the same time, like, I, I feel like, I haven't been too pissed off about it because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better and learning new things. You know, Joel Jameson, um, hosting the event at bigger ground. Um, and then the last weekend was, um, strong first kettlebell sir, which we'll talk about here in a second. And this end is the bigger ground fitness business summit. Um, and then in four weeks I will be down in Austin for FRC. So it's, uh, it's a lot of things kind of just back to back to back. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the education, but I'm also looking forward to being on the, uh, on the show again consistently. So, but I think, I think a big takeaway there is like that you're seeking continued education. Cause it's the same thing for me, yeah. right? I just got back from San that's Diego. Never gonna stop. No. And, the, and that's the thing. I just got back from San Diego next month. I'm going to, um, which is coming up soon. I'm going to LA and then right to San Jose for two different things. And then the month after that, I'm going to Vegas for another nutrition workshop. So, it's the same yeah. thing, and, and I see a lot of people afraid to take those risks, but shit, man, I remember when I first started, I was like in a little bit of credit card debt because I was going to these things, and I was right. buying certs and stuff, because, but I knew it would pay off, right, and it did, and, and I don't have any debt now, so I had, a, I had a bunch of people, I don't know if you did, but I had a bunch of people reach out to me about the summit and just asking if I'll be there, asking questions about it, and yeah. I had multiple of yeah. them be like, man – is this something I should go to? You know, I'm just starting out. I don't know. I don't want to be like the odd man out. And I was like, man, this is exactly what you should go to if you just started. This, like, this episode won't be out in time for people to really understand. But I know Luca and I've had a, and this is something that's going to be ongoing. So if you've missed this year, you will not want to miss the next year. You don't even want to miss this year. Like I looked at the lineup and you know, and I'm still, you know, I have a, I got my notebook right next to me. So I gotta, you know, I gotta make some calls and some text messages, um, you know, just to see if I can get uh, a babysitter so I can make certain, um, 
so I can make certain uh, prezos. But like the whole lineup is just fucking stacked. Like everything is going to be. It's honestly like impossible. The, the topics, it. like it will be the the best event. Like we went to change in the game together. That was a good event, but I think that this one is just going to water as far as content. Yeah. Um, and the and the people who are coming. So it's it's uh, honestly. I think it's. I think it's even if we looked at you know what the topics were at change in the game and then we look at what the topics are going to be this this year and we go back to you know uh even our episode on you know where we see fitness going i think that it's in somewhat of of an alignment um or going in that in that direction right like there's just crazy topics on that i don't think that we could have even understood or even commented uh, you know, a few years ago when we went to Vegas in the game, like it's, it's a completely different, uh, sort of, uh, atmosphere. Um, and, and the content that's being presented, is going to be totally different than I think that any, uh, any event is, is ever going to not ever going to hold, but has, has held recently. I don't know, man. Like, honestly, it, it really is to me something that nobody's ever done and, and maybe nobody ever will. Right. Like there's been plenty of events where there's a good lineup, but it's usually like three or four like names that are huge in the industry. And then a bunch of guys that are like networked in, uh, that aren't yeah. necessarily bad speakers, but the fact that we have so like, there's not a single person that's going to be presenting that you would be like, uh, Okay. It's like every person is like, holy shit, that he's going to be in the oh, yeah. too. It's like, all going to be fire. It's crazy. So for me, I'm like, for me, I, you know, obviously I, I don't have necessarily the time. You know, I still got to train clients and train class or do classes and stuff like that. But I'm just trying to rearrange my schedule to where I can see as much as possible. But, you know, it's really hard to prioritize um, what I'm going to see because I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of like when and cons and and comparing and i'm just like well man i really want to see that but shit like you know i want to see this too but like it really doesn't work with my schedule and yeah and this like and it's just it's it's unreal uh you know krebs is going to be your coach is going to be there um his it's funny if you if you've looked at bigger ground fitness some or bigger ground summit.com under steve's profile what he's going to be promote or uh what he's going to pre be presenting on is called master of series and that's it. But Master. like, if you go to like uh, Peter Dupree or Peter Dupuis, how to say his last name? Um, he's doing internship 101, a decade of lesson learned at Cressy Sports Performance. Mike Robertson, all accessories. So you know, if you if you read his content um, or or listen to his stuff, um, he's he talks a lot about how accessory work is going to improve your your main lift, therefore improving your your performance. Um, Pat is going to be business. I mean, how fucking huge is that going to be? Yeah. Uh, on Russ and the foundations of pain performance training, uh, Adam Bornstein, don't build your brand this way. The art of standing out in a crowded field. Like, you know what I mean? So this is, and, and Jason Perugia building relationships to build your business. So, you know, this is a lot of what we talked about, uh, to, uh, uh of, again, in that previous podcast where we talked there, the evolution of, of fitness is going. And I think it's a, a direct correlation, um, you know, what we talked about and the topics that these guys are going to be uh, chopping up. Um, Craig Valentine, if you guys don't know who that is, how to dominate your days and make a massive impact. Yeah, so he's going like, to be the you know perfect I mean? day for me. Yeah. Yeah, so he's probably going to be pitching that a lot. But 
I think that it, I was actually pretty pumped because I have to leave halfway through Saturday because that's our anniversary. So I'll be cutting out for dinner. Um, and, and the whole afternoon that day is like four people that I've already seen, which was like, thank fucking God. And, and honestly, those four people are monsters, but because we've been associated with Luca and Vigor Ground, we've been able to have the opportunity to work with them and see them multiple times. So, yeah. um, yeah. but I just think that like – so one thing I want to point out too is is like you're saying it's hard to figure out your schedule to meet every pe- person. And I think that is – that's the only downfall of seminars is that it's hard to make the time and cut schedules and do those things, right? And travel. Like I know people that are coming here from New York and Florida and I actually have a couple clients that are flying in uh, who I train who are trainers. So I train them online that are coming from the East Coast just to come see the summit and meet me and stuff, which is fucking awesome. So it's literally yep. countrywide. But I think like one thing I want to put out in the universe is – well, first of all, seminars are powerful because you don't only see speakers and learn knowledge. You get to meet people and I think that's the biggest component of it is networking, yeah. introducing yourself, getting your name out there, making friends and stuff like that. But one thing I see more and more of because I've been someone who's purchased many of these but is is webinars. So they do lineups like this that are absolutely crazy but it's it's a webinar. So each speaker gets an hour to speak on a webinar with the guy who's hosting it and they'll do like a, a, a workshop series just like the summit but it's just a bunch of different people that they did. Essentially what I'm doing with you like a video Skype and then they yep. present it as like this big workshop that you can purchase which is still extremely valuable. So I just want to throw this out in the universe that this is absolutely something that me and Theo can see ourselves doing and getting a ton mm-hmm. of people on and doing like an online yeah, webinar and, and li- releasing that for our listeners and stuff which would be fucking dope Yeah, and I'm just throwing that out there because whenever we speak it to the universe it happens yeah that's true so, that's true well done. done so let's uh, <laughs> let's get into uh, the strong first cert like I, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna say my perspective from like the outside so uh people can get a uh, kind of like a, a visual picture of what went down. So I was gone. I, I came in on Friday and I saw a little bit of it, but that was only one small hour of everything that was going on. And I run the Vigor Ground uh, Instagram. So I come in and I see like more than 100 trainers, like buff dudes swinging kettlebells around, buff ladies, all these people screaming, chanting. It just looks like a madhouse. And then my the Instagram is just going nuts with all these different people tagging the gym, right? So I'm instantly like, yo, this is this looks crazy. So I pop in and I walked in right when they were doing the uh, pistol squat test. So this dude is pistol squatting like a 110-pound kettlebell, perfect mm-hmm. form, and people are chanting. It looked like a militia. Like it looked like a kettlebell militia. Everybody's wearing black. Everybody's swinging kettlebells. Everybody's screaming. It looked, sure. it looked intimidating but like extremely exciting and I wanted to be a part of it really bad once I saw it. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, like my schedule was, with traveling, I just didn't know if I could commit to it so I didn't sign up. But um, it looked pretty nuts. And not only that, it looked extremely difficult because some of the tests as far as the – I think it's like a chin-up test. There's, there was the snatch test and then there was the pistol squat test. And I saw a couple guys go through all of those. So so that's a, that's a challenge. It's called the t- – um, repeat that yeah, you, you tame, cut out a little bit repeat that tame tame the beast tame the beast damn that's the that's the that's the uh 52 uh or 54 uh kilogram kettlebell right so uh and that challenge is you have to perform a pistol squat uh a and just one you don't have to do one on each side um you can pick whatever side you want to do it on 
uh, and then a clean to press, um, and then uh, a, a pull up. So not even a chin; it's a pull up. So you have to do uh, all those with that kettlebell. With that kettlebell. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, and you can you can take as much time as you need, right? You can take like five minutes and exercises if you want to. Um, but I think the yeah, clean so and the, press is the most impressive all, thing. I don't have to do that. Yeah, that, that, that? I said the clean and press is probably the most impressive thing to, in my mind. That's yeah, that's yeah. rough, especially if you're not compensating while you do it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, there was this one dude. I mean, he looked like fucking Thor, right? Like just like this six six Norwegian, you know, just super lean and cut up. Like he was he he, uh, he completed the the hardest one for him was the the pistol squat, right. and. He actually, so he, that was, I think, day one, he did the Tame the Beast. It, it took uh, him two tries, huh? Challenge. To do the pistol squat? Yeah, it took him, it took, yeah, he failed the first one. Yeah, that was the uh, guy I saw do it, actually. Yeah, and you only get two attempts. So he he came through on that on last attempt, but yeah, he, uh, that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't try that one, but it was, I mean, just to kind of get into it, you know, it, and to, to touch on what you said, man, it's, it's very, like, militant-like, and, that's not necessarily um, a bad thing. I can see how people might, you know, take it as intimidating. Um, but look at the culture that they have created, right? Like, you know, people have been following Pavel. Um, if you guys don't know who Pavel is, you can go in on your search engine, YouTube, um, or whatever. He's got. He's authored some books. His name is Pavel um, Tatsulin. Um, you can figure out how to fucking spell that. <laughs> I don't want to even try to spell if it right type, now, but I know how to pronounce it. If you type in Pavel yeah, and type kettlebell. Pavel, kettlebells, yeah. He's the kettlebell guy. So he, you know, he's a Russian dude who really made kettlebells um, kind of spread like wildfire in the West. He didn't create the kettlebell. He just made it really popular over here. Um, and he was an ex-Soviet uh, um, strength and conditioning coach. Um, I think he trained like high level athletes, Olympians and, and different stuff like that. Um, and then he started working over here with, uh, armed forces. Um, so our, our military training them with kettlebells and stuff like that. And then, um, he kind of just blew up and, uh, a lot of people might know him with, uh, uh, affiliated with the organization, uh, RKC. Um, and then he stepped away from that and he created his own organization with his wife, I believe. And it's called strong first. Um, and they have several certifications. They have uh, um, uh, they have the kettlebell cert. They have the body weight cert, and they also have uh, a bar cert, um, which I'm looking forward to uh, doing all of. And, and it really just because of you know the level of coach that is required to be an instructor, right? Like I know. I have no desire to be an instructor through strong first. Um, but my experience throughout the weekend was just so fucking amazing. And to me, it was the greatest hands-on workshop that I have ever done. Um, and I've done, I've done several, it's not, that's not knocking, you know, or Max Shank or, uh, anybody else that, um, where I've done hands-on stuff. Um, you know, I've done shit with, uh, uh, what's his name down in fucking San? I can't even remember his name now. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, from where? Uh, San Diego. Todd Durkin. Todd Durkin. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I mean, super fired up guy, brings a lot of energy. Um, also, Robert Dos Remedios. I mean, tons of guys, Alan Cosgrove. But this one, I mean, as a collective, we had, I think there was seven, like, lead instructors. And each one of those instructors had two assistants. So they really wanted to make sure that everybody's form was on point. Okay, so just understand this, right? Like, we did 28 hours throughout the weekend, 28 hours of kettlebell training. 28 hours, right, of hands-on shit. Yeah, that's like, nuts. You know what I mean? Like, and, and people, to, to think that, you know, I, I hear a lot of people and, and, and read articles where people kind of clown on the kettlebell and, oh, it's just kind of a fad, like it gets you jacked. You know, for, for general population, I don't really see it as a tool that's really going to get you looking like, the you know, some professional football player, right? Like, yeah. you know, some genetic who are super um, and who just train kettlebells but i would have every trainer um or strength conditioning coach whatever you want to call yourself i would have everybody consider taking the strong first course because the kettlebell is the most versatile tool that you can possibly have there is nothing that is more well and if we look at regressions of movements, right? Like if you can't back squat, the best thing you do is a goblet squat. If you can't deadlift yeah. heavy, best thing you do is a kettlebell deadlift. If you need a metabolic thing that's on the go, swings. If you can't press comfortably with your shoulder, the kettlebell will teach you how to use your scapula properly in that overhead range of motion. Right. So I think that despite it not being like the one-all be-all tool because there is none, I still think it is like – it's so important to – utilize it in some fashion you know what i mean and, and if we talk about fads like think about this too like the uh and i actually read this somewhere so I, i'm pretty sure it's like a legit history like the kettlebell and the mace it was either the mace or the indian club were the two fitness pieces of fitness equipment ever created in the history of mankind yeah so if we look at a fad i mean that shit has lasted so long you can't even say that correct correct but the the one thing that I will have to kind of disagree on, the, you know, if I was to give it a rating, you know, out of five stars, I would probably give it a 4.9. And the only reason why I wouldn't give it a five stars because um, on, and it was on the third day, too. I was like, man, you guys were so close to making this just kind of like the perfect workshop for me. Um, you know, there, there was a little bit of lecture around uh, program design. Right. It wasn't long, um, but they touched on, you know. Uh, who, well, who are you going to train, uh, uh, with these kettlebells, right? Like you can do general population. Um, you can train young kids with, with kettlebells. Uh, you can train old people with kettlebells. You can, uh, you can train high level athletes, um, with kettlebells. And that's where I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because they're like, you know, you can just train these you know, professional athletes with just a kettlebell. And that's a yes and no, right? Like you, you can, and let's say you have a, an athlete who's never really been in the gym before and they're, they're brand new to it. And, you know, and you do the bare, what they call the bare minimum swings and get ups, right? You're going to make them a better athlete, right? Or you're going to, you're going to improve their performance. But the way I see it, and the guys that I follow, man, like what they do, you know, like the Eric Cressys and the Joe DeFrancos, these guys are trying to optimally 
uh, enhance performance in in their athletes, not just get them to perform better and move a little bit better. Like they want to make them the absolute most monstrous fucking athlete on the field. Right. Right. So you can't do that with the kettlebell because it lacks specificity. So, yes, again, you can make a a great athlete, but are they going to reach optimal performance by just training with the kettlebell? You're not going to sell me on that. Not in a fucking thousand years. Well, and I think that, um, that's that's there's like no science behind it. No, and that's selling your brand, right? And I think like I I understand that, but at the same time, like you said, is like we have to look at what's what's actually optimal, right? Like what is the most optimal? So I think it's okay to say that. Like I was, it's funny. I was actually just finishing up part two of like my uh, nutrition pyramid blog series, and I was talking about like fats and protein are essential nutrients so technically you don't need carbs you can live life fine but you can't thrive right so it's the same thing with kettlebells it's like if you're going to thrive in any avenue why not have a balance yeah and i think it's important to actually teach that rather than just talking about what you do yeah you know but i mean just like i again to go back to all the you know the great things about this cert you know they they were really meticulous with form. I mean, like, you know, I've been training with kettlebells ever since I started at Vigor. Um, and, and even before that, I was doing certain exercises, um, you know, and, and Luca cleaned up my form um, on, on some drills. But I just felt like I got a thousand times better through that cert. And that's why I say that I feel like every strength and conditioning coach or personal trainer, whatever, um, they should go through the strong first cert because they're going to make sure that you know your shit. And not only that, right. It's not like you just go to a seminar and, uh, you know, you get these bullet points on what you should do as a coach and how you should train it and the cues that you should use. You have to be able to perform the skills in order to get certified. Right. So, on the third day, you're doing a full day of skills practice, um, you know, and you and you can partner up and stuff like that. And your coach or the head instructor will come around and they will critique your form. So you get all day. And then at the end of the day, I think it was about five o'clock. Um, you know, we went through all of our skills tests, um, which I passed all my skills tests. And then it came time after that for a fucking five minute snatch test, That's uh, the worst. which was an absolute just like monster. Right? What size? What size kettlebell? And so for guys, I believe it's like if you're 160 pounds to 220 pounds, you have to use a 24 kilo, which is 52 pounds. Um, for women, I, I believe it's a 26 pound kettlebell. I want to say that's it. Um, and then, uh, if you're heavier than 220 pounds and you have to use a 62 pound kettlebell and, and this is, uh, this is a hundred snatches in five minutes, correct? This is a, you have to get a hundred snatches in five minutes. Ugh. Um, and they are, they are super technical with it. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean five minutes, right. Your form is gonna, your form is gonna kind of diminish. And at that point you're just trying to get fucking reps in. So they weren't as meticulous with the actual snatch test. But there was some technicalities, right? Like, you know, I, I brushed, you know, the side of my hip with my hand. It's not like I've rested um, on my hip, but, you know, I brushed my hip um, kind of like on this backswing um, and I got called for a no count um, on that. Like, I, you know, I couldn't touch 
you know, with my, with my offhand, I couldn't touch my body. Jesus. Right. Um, and so I got called for a no count and that was after like 60 reps, right? Like I had like such a good fucking, like, uh, a good rhythm going and I had good reps in too. Like, you know, I didn't feel like it, it wasn't banging on my wrist or anything. And, uh, I go to set it down and then she calls me for, uh, the no count. And I'm like, I was like, okay, like whatever. So I just shook it out, kind of, um, uh, composed myself, went back to it around rep 80. Uh, she called the same thing and I just got fucking pissed off. I was like, you know, I didn't say anything, but I was just like, there's no fucking way. I was like, what is she talking about? I had no idea. (laughs) And, and then, uh, I did about five more reps on my left side. And then my coach is like, my coach is like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like the time. And I was like, Oh shit. So then I ripped out like, I ripped out like 10 more reps and yeah, I got to 95 reps and, and they called time. Um, but I was fucking, I do. I was so pissed off. So God can you, damn. can you set the kettlebell down during the five minutes or is it like, yeah, yeah, you can, oh, oh yeah, for sure. You can okay. set the kettlebell down. It's not say, like, uh, it's not like the old, like the old days. I think it used to be, you could only, you can only, uh, you could only put it down twice, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think you could only put it down twice, uh, or you could only switch hands twice, or something like that. So it used to be a lot more. It used to be a lot more strict. But I mean, out of seventy people, I think like maybe like twenty to thirty people actually passed um, the snatch test. And I don't even think it was that many because you have to. If you, let's say you pass the skills test, which I did, but I didn't pass the the five minute snatch test you don't get certified. If you don't pass the skills test, but you pass the five minute snatch test, you don't get certified. Right. Right. So you have to complete all of them in order to get, be like a certified strong first, uh, you know, instructor. You know what though? Uh, Like I I actually like that a lot because, and this is not a knock on because there are good trainers and smart coaches out there who aren't in the best shape. But at the same time, I'm a huge component of like living what you preach. And I think – and that goes across the board, right? Whether it's business, relationships, just like mental mindset. We talk about meditation stuff. If we weren't out here meditating and practicing these things, we wouldn't tell people to do it. So I think it's dope that they make you like prove yourself to be a part of that and to to hold that certification because like I'm not going to lie. that Like if I was going to do that, sir, I would have had to practice consistently for that because that would have smashed me. Dude, and, and, and I'm in good shape. That's like, the thing. that's the thing too. Is like I did not practice, and I talked to people all weekend, and they were like, you know, I met several different several different people, and they asked me, you know, I don't know how many times they got asked, you know, how long have you been, uh, how long you've been training for this, and I was <laughs> like, well, we, I was like, well, we started at like what, like eight o'clock on Friday, and they're like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's when I started training for it. <laughs> And they're like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, dude, people couldn't fucking believe it. There's people who have been training for this shit for like over a year. Yeah. Like they had been fucking working on like their skills. They had been uh, working on their conditioning and like people still didn't fucking get it. I think like, you know, like two, two things with that though. Like one, I will say that you and I are both guilty of this. 
We've been working at the in training clients out of the literally the top facility in Washington, but let alone probably the West Coast for a long time with one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in the world. And so like training with Luca and, and extracting his knowledge for so long, it helps so much because every time we train, we get critiqued and coached and stuff like that. So because I know me and you have done this plenty of times where we go visit other gyms, other places, and we we actually realize and start to appreciate how much we know and how, how far we've right. come. You know what I mean? So that's one yeah. thing. The other thing, I just think that you don't plan ahead enough. You're not a scheduler because I would have no. I would have mapped that shit out a little bit better. Well, and, and the thing is, the thing is, too, is like I was just like, OK, well, fucking like, you know, I've done this. I've done a snatch before. I've done uh, a kettlebell press before. I've done swings before. Like, you know, I'll be able to clean up my stuff, perfect my skills and I'll I'll get some great coaching cues and stuff like that. so I was looking forward to it but I did not realize exactly what everything entailed like I didn't even know that you know I didn't know that we were going to do a full like skills test um and I thought that the the well actually the snatch test was uh optional it wasn't mandatory that you did it um and actually some people a lot of people weren't even uh, didn't even get cleared to do it because they couldn't pass their snatch skills test. So, wait, so you, I didn't know that it, I didn't know that it was the way it was. So you, can you get certified if you don't take the snatch test? No. Oh shit. Okay. So there was a, there was a lot but of people you, that but went. You also, and- you also have 90 days to send in uh, a video, go to an affiliate. So I could go up to Kettability, you know, uh, tomorrow. And if I wanted to, uh, do my snatch test in front of uh, Andrea Chang, then I could do it, um, and then you know she could uh, she could certify me. So there was so a, I just have to do it within ninety days. So there was a good amount of people who did not leave that weekend with a certification. Oh yeah, damn, that's wild. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Though, man. So- I mean, and 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 the anxiety, the dude, the anxiety buildup around like the whole weekend, right? Like. Everybody was so fucking anxious about the about the snatch test. And I was just like, yo, yo, like, what are you guys fucking worrying about? And I I had a conversation with this one guy um, and, uh, you know, he was just tripping. I was like, dude, I was just like, man, just breathe. I was like, man, lay on the floor really quick and just do some crocodile breathing. Like I was like, just calm down. I was like, what? What if you learn this weekend? Are you going to go home? Are you, are you a better coach? Are you going to run your business a little bit better because of this certification? Yes. Okay, then. Like, what are you worried about? Yeah. Like, it doesn't, you know, and, and that's that's my only thing with, with certifications is, you know, people will put up, you know, in their office, they got 150 fucking different certifications that they've done, but they can't communicate the information. As long as you learn that shit, like a piece of paper doesn't mean anything. You know, like, and unless you're, unless your goal is to be a strong first instructor, then, you know, yeah, like I, I get it. But if that's not your goal and, and you're just here because you want to better yourself, then, you know, don't worry about it. it, it it's not really that serious for me. I kind of just got into competition mode myself. It's like, okay, well, fucking these guys have been trying this shit for like a year. Some of them got it. Some of them don't like, you know, I'm just going to see, I'm just going to see what I could do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I learned the snatch like really fast. So for me, like I felt accomplished, even though I didn't get it, I was like, you know, 95 reps, that's, that's not bad. You know, I could have, I could have got it if my conditioning was a little bit better. Um, you know, and, and for the last fucking three, 
four months, man, I've just been doing dumbbell and barbell work, um, not even really doing any conditioning other than walking my dog. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I was like, shit, you know, it, in, a, in a few weeks, if I if I do a four to six week training uh, training block with uh, with kettlebells and I just work on it, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to fucking smash it. Yeah, no especially in, in conditioning and cardio output is a pretty quick adaptation. So I know you could throw in a couple days a week of that and it would help you out so much quickly for sure um so one thing i would like to hear your opinion on because like as you talk about this something that comes to my mind is if i were to take that cert i feel like my biggest takeaway would not be wow look at all these cool new kettlebell exercises i can implement in it would actually be like yeah it would actually be like holy shit i can approach coaching cues in a different way because i know that they're so meticulous with how you are doing every single little movement that my assumption is now that you have clients training on dumbbells, kettlebells, sandbags, prowlers, uh, cables, bars, everything, you're able to pick those movements apart as well to a whole nother level. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing too, and I'll give a little bit of, uh, you know, some business advice for any coaches who are, who are listening to this podcast. Look, like do the cert or whatever certification you do, especially with kettlebells, right? Because it's, it's again, like I said, it's very versatile and it's gonna, it's going to improve the results in your gym for sure, right? Like there's so much demand when it comes to time under tension and, and focus and breathing techniques when it comes to training with kettlebells. Um, if we're if we're just talking about that, but what I'm doing with the team and Cody, you probably saw this uh, in the post that I did yesterday. I talked about this with Luca. I was like, man, let's just do this. Let's set up. Let's instead of doing like a a, a weekend workshop or an all day workshop, let's make it like three to four hours, right? And we, we open it up on a Saturday and we, and we uh, split the movements up. So let's do a swing and let's do a, uh, and then let's do the Turkish get up and we teach that in one workshop, right? And then two weeks later we do, uh, we do cleans and we do squats. The next workshop after that, we do presses and we do snatches, right? So now, you you now have a blueprint on steady continuing education for your clients and for them to bring in other people, which then is is lead generation for your gym. So I guarantee you know you keep running that, and especially with everything that you learn from from uh, the Strong First workshop, you are going to fucking crush it, guaranteed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with somebody like Luca, if you if you know uh, how to market that. Um, man, that's going to be so powerful. And like, imagine just how much money you can make, uh, for your gym or for your, uh, for your practice, whatever, whatever you got going on. It's just, it just comes down to having more niches inside of your facility. Right. Like, and I think that's, I actually had a guy reach out to me recently and I'm going to be setting this up to where his whole thing is like, they're, they're a performance gym. They don't want to do nutrition. So he was like, Hey, can we work together? I'll put your info on my site as our go-to consultant everything's for you just give my members a discount and i was like dude let's do it but it it just gives him something to do so i'm going to do the same thing i'm going to do a workshop at his gym and then it's going to grow from that right so if you can have a facility and you have coaches kind of taking over all these different roles dude like the the growth is endless yeah no doubt yeah so i'm I'm really looking forward to their body weight and their barbell certs um that's going to be on the list next year i think after frc i'm going to just take the rest of the year um, and, and just practice the skills that I got really hone in on that stuff and then plan my next, uh, plan the next 12 months, 
um, come the new year um, and see. Actually, I mean, I really already know what kind of dates I want to do for the next year. But, um, you know, I got a good several months before uh, my next certification or my next continuing education seminar, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So what is uh, – let's finish with a couple questions on this. Like what was your biggest takeaway overall? My biggest takeaway I think was just the amount of – you know, I think – how much? How do I want to put this? Uh, the attention to detail when it comes to form. Right. Like I've never been to any workshop where it was that meticulous. Right. So you can always step your coaching up to a whole nother level. Right. Um, the culture that they've created, you know, I think that we've talked about this before. Um, you know, Vicar ground has a, has a certain culture, uh, strong first has a certain culture, uh, you know, precision nutrition has a certain culture to identify that and to build on top of that, you know, like they really know what they want to go after and there's no, there's no budging, right? Like there's no bullshitting around it. There's, there's, you know what I mean? Like the system is the system to them, even though I don't agree with it 100%. They don't give a fuck, right? Like they're going to keep doing that because that's what they believe in. That's what they've been doing for years. And that's what they practice. And they are the fucking best in the world at it. I really felt like I was in the same room with the best kettlebell coaches in the entire world, for sure, like hands down. And it made the, it made the experience just unbelievable. So, you know, I am for sure going to recommend this to any coach that I ever come across, if, if, if somebody was to ask me, you know, what is a certification or a form of continuing education that I should absolutely do as a coach or as a gym owner, this is for sure it. When you talk about actually doing training and, and uh, a physical hands-on workshop, this is it. No doubt. Oh, I like it. So next question. What is the number one thing that you already have or you will be apl- uh, implementing into your training for clients and for yourself? Um, yeah, for, I mean for for the next – for, for my clients, right? Like a, a lot of my clients I already just strictly do uh, – I mean not just strictly but about 80% of the training session is with kettlebells. Um, so just perfecting form. Um, cueing that, getting them to uh, to experience something that they haven't yet experienced in a training session. Um, for me personally, um, I am going to and, and man, you know me. Once I once I get hooked on something, right? Like you know, I got bit by this mobility bug, and you know, I've I've continued to practice my skills with that, improve my my range of motion um, and my mobility to help me move better. It is going to be the same thing with the kettlebells. So I'm literally, you know, I plan on just training with kettlebells for um, maybe the next month, two months, three months. We'll we'll see. But um, man, I'm I'm really just excited to uh, to hone in my skills and, uh, and and put it to work. And that's how I become a better coach for me. You know, I'm not necessarily worried about the results. I know that I'm going to get great results from it. It might not be, you know, I might not be 200 and fucking 10 pounds and sub 10% body fat afterwards, but, you know, I'm going to be in better shape. Um, so uh, not only that, I'm going to be a better coach and my skill set is just going to improve that much more. So and that and that's how I do things, right? I just dive in head first and I, you know, I go all in and um, uh, make sure that 
uh, I practice and perfect my craft to the best of my ability. What would you say is the biggest benefit or like the biggest reason for whether it's a client or another trainer listening to this podcast to implement more kettlebells into their routine? Like if you had to convince uh, them to do so, what would that what would that reason be? So so you said for both clients and trainers? Yeah. Um, for, for clients, well, I mean, safety is one, uh, you know, it's, it's not only is it an extremely versatile, um, you know, piece of equipment, but it's extremely safe. Um, you know, if you learn correctly and from the right people, um, it's extremely safe. Uh, there is very low risk when it comes to injury. Um, so, I mean, that in and of itself is a huge, you know, bang for your buck. Um, when you're talking about, uh, a piece of training equipment, um, as far as trainers go, um, you know, think about if, if you're doing group training, right? Like kettlebells, they're relatively small compared to, you know what I mean? And, and they're, you can organize them really easy. So that means you can have a lot of them, which then increases your capacity, uh, to get more people in your group training sessions, which is where you're probably going to make, uh, the most money for your business. So, uh, learn the craft, be able to communicate the information and get people to perform, uh, at the highest level and with the best technique. Um, cause not only are they going to see great results, they're going to perform injury free and they're going to be with you for a long time. So, uh, to me, it's, it's a no brainer when I look at it on a, from a business perspective, uh, as, as far and as well as, you know, getting the best results for your clients. That's huge, man. Um, Lastly, what would you what would you want everybody to leave with? Like, so if you need to anything else that you have on your mind that's like going through this whole thing with the strong first or or anything you want the listeners to leave with. Look, I I think that with any with anything that you do for continuing education, um, learn the information right and and extract it and really uh, you know take notes on it. For me, you know, I take mental notes and you know I have these kind of aha moments and I reflect on them. Right. So, uh, yes, I believe in strong first as an organization. Do I 100% agree with their training system? No. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not an amazing system. Uh, it's just that, you know, I'm never going to go all the way into kettlebells like these individuals have. I love to learn from, uh, I love to learn about barbells. Um, maybe some new things with dumbbells fucking, maybe somebody comes out with the uh, dumbbells or, you know, um, you know, cables, uh, TRXs. I mean, there's so much, but, you know, I would, I would just have, you know, everybody consider like, man, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's just a tool, how you use it and how you implement it is, is the biggest thing. So if you don't, if you see somebody at one of these workshops or certifications who, uh, is incredibly passionate uh, about the kettlebell and that's all they use. That's cool, right? Like that's, that's for them. But if you don't really feel that same passion and maybe you really like using dumbbells and dynaballs and medicine balls and bands, then use that shit. Just educate yourself and, and learn how to be the best at using that, that piece of equipment. And then you can, you can take it home and you can use it in your training sessions and it's going to make you, that's, what's going to separate you from, you know, the lower level coaches, that's, what's going to make you an elite level coach. Um, so yeah, kind of a long winded, long winded answer, but you know, that's kind of just my, 
you know, when, when I reflect on the weekend, it's like, man, I, I really love that cert. That was my favorite cert so far. Um, but here is what I'm going to take home. I'm not going to take home the whole pie. I'm going to take home a piece of it and I'm going to beat it home in order to become a better coach and be, allow my clients to get better results. I think that's huge, man, because like a lot of people try to niche themselves in everything or like master so many things when you can be a master at one thing or you can be average at many things. So I think it's great that you say that like in everything you do, take apart one big key component and just master the hell out of it. Or or, you know, to to touch off that is you can be uh, you're you're probably going to be a master of one thing, but you can have other tools in the toolbox. Right. Like, you know, uh, you know, ninjas, you know, if they if if they mastered the if they've mastered the katana. Right. Like they but they have other things in their belt. Right. They got fucking ninja stars that'll slice your fucking chest open. They got nunchucks (laughs) that will crack your fucking skull open. Right. So like but they might be just really, really good with the katana sword. So right. that's how that's how I view it, man. Like, you know, you're probably only going to master one one thing, right? If that's really what you think about, like what you want to master. If you want to master the kettlebell, then master the fucking kettlebell. But you can you're gonna have other tools in the toolbox, which is gonna uh, allow you to be a more versatile coach. And and really, that's what I think that the fitness industry needs. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag Mind vs. Muscle.